Welcome to Dreamful Podcast, bedtime stories for slumber. I would like to start off this episode by thanking our newest supporters, Haley Styles, Rebecca O'Brien, Alexa Witt, Colby Sam, Amy Collins, Sarah Bueller, Emily Hanrahan, Christy Oaks, Nancy Economopoulos, Megan, Teresa Dowd, Wendy Allison Messenger, David Plunkard, Joe Trout, and Haley Becker. Thank you all so much, and I hope you have the sweetest of dreams. If you find value in Dreamful and would also like to help support the show, please visit dreamfulstories.com. We can find info about the show, and on the support page, there's a link to leave a one-time donation with PayPal, get bonus episodes synced to Spotify with Supercast, and subscribe to Buzzsprout to get bonus episodes synced to your regular feed. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way you want to. Working with a therapist can help get you closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you're able to handle issues in a healthy way. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com dreamful today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash dreamful. This episode is the sixth in the Bard series. The romantic comedy, The Taming of the Shrew. So, snuggle up in your blankets and have sweet dreams. There lived in Padua, a gentleman named Baptista, who had two fair daughters. The eldest, Catherine, was so very cross and ill-tempered and unmannerly that no one ever dreamed of marrying her, while her sister, Bianca, was so sweet and pretty and pleasant-spoken that more than one suitor asked her father for her hand. But, Baptista said the elder daughter must marry first. So Bianca's suitors decided among themselves to try and get someone to marry Catherine, and then the father could at last be got to listen to their suit for Bianca. A gentleman from Verona, named Petruchio, 
was the one they thought of. And, half in jest, they asked him if he would marry Catherine, the disagreeable scold. Much to their surprise, he said yes, that was just the sort of wife for him. And if Catherine were handsome and rich, he himself would undertake soon to make her good-tempered. Petruchio began by asking Baptista's permission to pay court to his gentle daughter Catherine, and Baptista was obliged to own that she was anything but gentle. And just then, her music teacher rushed in complaining that the naughty girl had broken her lute over his head because he told her she was not playing correctly. Never mind, said Petruchio. I love her better than ever and long to have some chat with her. When Catherine came, he said, Good morrow, Kate. For that I hear is your name. You've only heard half, said Catherine rudely. No, said Petruchio. They call you plain Kate and Bonnie Kate, and sometimes Kate the Shrew. And so, hearing your mildness praised in every town, and your beauty too, I ask you for my wife. Your wife, cried Kate. Never. She says some extremely disagreeable things to him, and, I'm sorry to say, ended by boxing his ears. When Baptista came back, he asked at once, how speed you with my daughter? How should I speed but well? replied Petruchio. How but well? How now, daughter Catherine? the father went on. I don't think, said Catherine angrily, you are acting a father's part in wishing me to marry this madcap ruffian. Ah, uh, said Petruchio. You and all the world would talk amiss of her. You shall see how kind she is to me when we are alone. In short, I will go off to Venice to buy fine things for our wedding. For, kiss me, Kate, we will be married on Sunday. With that, Catherine flounced out of the room by one door in a violent temper. And he, laughing, went out by the other. But whether she fell in love with Petruchio, or whether she was only glad to meet a man who was not afraid of her, or whether she was flattered that, in spite of her rough words and spiteful usage, he still desired her for his wife, she did indeed marry him on Sunday as he had sworn she should. 
to vex and humble Catherine's naughty, proud spirit. He was late at the wedding, and when he came, came wearing such shabby clothes that she was ashamed to be seen with him. His servant was dressed in the same shabby way, and the horses they rode were the sport of everyone they passed. And after the marriage, when should have been the wedding breakfast, Petruchio carried his wife away, not allowing her to eat or drink. He mounted her on a stumbling, lean old horse, and they journeyed by rough, muddy ways to Petruchio's house. He scolding and snarling all the way. She was terribly tired when she reached her new home. But Petruchio was determined that she should neither eat nor sleep that night, for he had made up his mind to teach his bad-tempered wife a lesson she would never forget. So he welcomed her kindly to his house. But when supper was served, he found fault with everything. The meat was burnt. He said, and ill served, and he loved her far too much to let her eat anything but the best. At last, Catherine, tired out with her journey, went supperless to bed. Then her husband, still telling her how he loved her, and how anxious he was. As she should sleep well, pulled her bed to pieces, throwing the pillows and bedclothes on the floor, so that she could not go to bed at all, and still kept growling and scolding at the servants, so that Kate might see how unbeautiful a thing ill temper was. The next day too. Catherine's food was all found fault with, and caught away before she could touch a mouthful. And she was sick and giddy for want of sleep. Then she said to one of the servants, "I pray thee, go and get me some repast. I care not what. What say you to Neat's foot?" said the servant. Catherine said, "Yes," eagerly. But the servant, who was in his master's secret, said he feared it was not good for hasty-tempered people. Would you like tripe? Bring it to me," said Catherine. "I don't think that is good for hasty-tempered people," said the servant. What do you say to a dish of beef and mustard? I love it," said Kate. But mustard is too hot. Why then, the beef and let the mustard go," cried Catherine, who was getting hungrier and hungrier. No. Said the servant, "You must have the mustard, 
or you get no beef from me. Then, cried Catherine, losing patience, let it be both or one or anything thou wilt. Why then, said the servant, the mustard without the beef. Then Catherine saw he was making fun of her and boxed his ears. Just then, Petruchio brought her some food, but she had scarcely begun to satisfy her hunger before he called for the tailor to bring her new clothes, and the tables cleared, leaving her still hungry. Catherine was pleased with the pretty new dress and cap that the tailor had made for her, but Petruchio found fault with everything, flung the cap and gown on the floor, vowing his dear wife should not wear any such foolish things. I will have them, cried Catherine. All gentlewomen wear such caps as these. When you are gentle, you shall have one too, he answered, and not till then. When he had driven away the tailor with angry words, but privately asking his friend to see him paid, Petruchio said, Come, Kate, let's go to your father's, shabby as we are, for as the sun breaks through the darkest clouds, so honor pureth in the meanest habit. It is about seven o'clock now. We shall easily get there by dinner time. It's nearly two, said Kate, but civilly enough, for she had grown to see that she could not bully her husband as she had done her father and her sister. It's nearly two, and it will be supper time before we get there. It shall be seven, said Petruchio obstinately, before I start. Why, whatever I say or do or think, you do nothing but contradict. I won't go today, and before I do go, it shall be what o'clock I say it is. At last, they started for her father's house. Look at the moon, said he. It's the sun, said Catherine, and indeed it was. I see it is the moon, contradicting again. It shall be sun or moon or whatever I choose, or I won't take you to your father's. Then Catherine gave in, once and for all. But you will have it named, she said. It is, and so it shall be for Catherine. And so it was, for from that moment, Catherine felt that she had met her match, and never again showed her naughty tempers to him or anyone else. So they journeyed on to Baptista's house. And arriving there, they found all folks keeping Bianca's wedding feast. And that 
of another newly married couple, Hortensio and his wife. They were made welcome and sat down at the feast, and all was merry, save that Hortensio's wife, seeing Catherine looking much more kindly, thought she could safely say many disagreeable things that in the old days, when Catherine was free and forward, she would not have dared to say. But Catherine answered with such spirit and such moderation as she turned the laugh against the new bride. After dinner, when the ladies had retired, Baptista joined in a laugh against Petruchio, saying, Now, in good sadness, San Petruchio, I fear you have got the veriest true of all. You are wrong, said Petruchio. Let me prove it to you. Each of us shall send a message to his wife, desiring her to come to him. And the one whose wife comes most readily shall win a wager which we will all agree on. The other said yes readily enough, for each thought his own wife the most dutiful, and each thought he was quite sure to win the wager. They proposed a wager of twenty crowns. Twenty crowns said Petruchio. I'll venture so much on my hawk or hound, but twenty times as much on my wife. A hundred then, cried Lucentio, Bianca's husband. Content, cried the others. Then Lucentio sent a message to the fair Bianca, bidding her to come to him. And Baptista said he was certain his daughter would come. But the servant, coming back, said, Sir, my mistress is busy, and she cannot come. There's an answer for you, said Petruchio. You may think yourself fortunate if your wife does not send you worse. I hope better, Petruchio answered. Then Hortensio said, Go and entreat my wife to come to me at once. Oh, if you entreat her, said Petruchio. I am afraid, answered Hortensio sharply. Do what you can. Yours will not be entreated. But now the servant came in and said, She says you are playing some jest. She will not come. Better and better, cried Petruchio. Go now to your mistress and say I command her to come to me. They all began to laugh, saying they knew what her answer would be and that she would not come. Then suddenly, Baptista cried. 
here comes Catherine. And sure enough, there she was. What do you wish? She asked her husband. Where are your sister and Hortensia's wife? Talking by the parlor fire? Fetch them here. And she was gone to fetch them. Well, said Baptista, you have won the wager, and I will add another 20,000 crowns to her dowry, another dowry, for another daughter, for she is as changed as if she were someone else. So Petruchio won his wager, and had in Catherine always a loving wife and true. And now that she wasn't so proud and angry, he loved her well, and there was nothing ever but love between those two. And so they lived happily ever afterwards. <laughs>